morning and welcome to New Hope Church. My name is Mel. And I'm Ben. And we're so glad that you're joining us. If this is your first time here to New Hope, we want to say welcome. And if this is your first time back, we want to say welcome, welcome home. home. Welcome Woo. home. Man. And welcome to those of you online. What's up? Yeah, so if you're new here, we just want to make you aware of things uh, around our campus. So we have our prayer room. We have our nursery, babies to two years old, across our wing that way. We have our children's and youth ministry. And then through these double doors, we have our fellowship hall, uh, restrooms, our well where you can purchase acai and snacks. Oh. There's breakfast for purchase. There's also our resource center. Where you can find these awesome things to stay cool and stay salty. Yeah. 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 But not that kind of salty, in a good way. Yeah. Like yeah. the flavor of God, yeah. And so, yeah, there's also Bibles and books and journals to help you in your walk. So, yeah. And you can only purchase this at the Resource Center, right? Yeah, so online. You got to come to the Resource Center on campus to get get this. Yeah, and you know what? These will make awesome Christmas gifts. And speaking of Christmas. Oh, man. Operation Christmas Child is in full (laughs) effect. Operation Christmas Child is in full effect. We have collected so far 56 boxes We've given out, though. We've given out over 350. Okay. We've given out over 350. And our, and our goal, though, is 500. Our goal is 500. Our goal is 500. I think we can because Operation Christmas Hour is such an awesome ministry, right? Yeah, and, and really what it is is it's a box that we put things in, but it's not it's not just a box. It's how we get to reach people, reach children, actually, throughout the world through small gifts. Yeah, and what I love about it, how we do it here at New Hope, is that we actually have our kids every single year before we send it out to whatever countries they go to. Our kids in our children's ministry actually pray over each and every box. Wow. So that's cool. It's kids reaching kids all for Jesus. So yeah, that's what Operation Christmas Child is all about. So if you want to pick up boxes, you can go to our children's wing, our youth wing. I think we even have some inside the fellowship hall. Fellowship hall, the information center. center. And if you've already filled your boxes, we are collecting them so you can bring them back with you. Yeah, and then Wednesday nights, Wednesday night, this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., we're finishing our Wednesday Connection yeah. series via yeah. video where we bring home our Foursquare Connection to you. And really, if we could, we would take everybody in a big plane and we would fly to wherever the connection is every year. But that's just not ideal. Oh, well, yeah, it's, you know, it costs a lot of money, so yeah. we figure we bring Connection to you. And for the last few weeks, it's been awesome. We've been having really awesome speakers. Last week, we had Pastor Brandon Ahu speak, and it was awesome. And again, this Wednesday, we get to finish it off with Pastor Fernando. Yes, and we're only playing the video live, live that night or online that night. Yeah. We are not going to upload it to any of our... Uh, accounts, But, you know, you can also join us live in person. There's uh, dinner available for purchase from 5.15 to 6.15. We have children's, uh, children's and youth ministries going on at the same time. And you can enjoy and take part in connection together. And so, yeah, and so we're finishing that off. And then the next week, we're entering Vision Week. Yes, Vision Week, where we kick it off with ah. Vision Night. And Vision Night is where we get to just look back at all the awesome and great things that God did in 20. What is this year again? 22, 22. Yeah, 2022. 2022. And then, 2022. And we look forward to what God's going to do in 2023. Like, closer 20, you get to 40, you start wow, to wow, wow, wow. forget. I'm far sure. from 40. Kind of. Bro. A couple years. I'm I'm further, so. You know what? Yeah, okay. Anyway. If there's a competition, I win the further from 40. <laughs> but yes, Vision Night. It's really to recap all the things that God has done yeah. this past year and then looking forward into 2023. Yeah, yeah that's what I just said. 
I literally just said that. See, I, he's making fun of me being almost yeah. 40, and you're repeating myself. Anyway. No, they didn't hear you. They just heard me make fun of you, so I had to, like, Oh, okay, okay. Anyway. It. I had to punch so, it home. So that's, <laughs> that's vision night. Yes. And then Sunday, November 20th, we have water baptism down at Coconut Island. And water baptism, again, is a declaration, a public declaration that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. So if you've never gotten water baptized, and that's what God is putting on your heart, then join us. If you already got water baptized, come and join us, too, because we want to celebrate and cheer on those getting water baptized. Yes, yes. And then the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is our worship night. Worship night? Worship night. Yeah, and it's all about giving thanks to God. Really, worship night is a night where we come together as the body and we really, we sing songs, but ultimately it's we put God on the top of the throne where he belongs. It's all about just praising and worshiping our Lord and Savior that night. So, And I love it because it's right before Thanksgiving and then after that we enter into the Christmas season and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I think that's about it, right? I think that's about it. If you have any questions, if you want to know dates or anything like that, Stop by after service, like find one of us around campus, talk story, download our app, uh, follow us on social media. Yeah, stay connected with us. Right on. Well, can we say thank you to Mail for helping us out, sharing what's happening here at New Hope. I'm going to give you that, buddy. Thank you. And so at this time, we're getting ready to pray for over our, over our tithes and offerings. And if this is your first time to New Hope, we ask that you don't feel obligated to give. In fact, just receive this service to help you in your walk with the Lord. You know, what's awesome is that right now, our, our children's and youth ministries are actually having a fall food fight. And they're looking at who can collect the most uh, canned goods or non-perishable foods for our Kukua ministry. That, that's all about helping families here in our church, especially as we go through the holidays with putting food on the table. And that's our kids. And so I know that they're, they're looking forward to you guys all participating. So go check them out and go ask them, how can we, how, how can we help you out? But what's so amazing is what seeing what God is doing in the lives of his people. From our keiki to our kupuna and everybody else in between. Because God's heart is about reaching those far from him so that they would come to experience and encounter the love and all that he has for them. And what I love about uh, what God allows us to be a part of is we get to be part of that plan to reaching people far from him. And as we give unto our tithes and offerings, as we give unto him, we're reminded of one simple thing, that no matter what we give God, we could never, ever outgive him because he's already given us his very best. So would you join me as we pray over our tithes and offerings? Lord, we come, be, we, we come before you this morning, Lord, and Lord, we're so grateful that you are the God that you are. That, Lord, you love us so much that you sent your one and only son to live, to sacrifice his life, and to be raised from the dead, to give us eternal life because you love us unconditionally. And as we sang earlier this morning, Lord, you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And your plan, your heart is to continuously reach people far from you. So as we give unto you our tithes and offerings, Lord, we do so in our heart to partner with you so that those who may be experiencing Hopelessness, brokenness, loneliness. That those that do not, don't know your love would come to find you in everything that you are. And so Lord, would you bless the hearts of those who give and let them know that whether they're doing right now has eternal rewards because everything you do is to touch someone's eternity. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we look forward to what you're gonna do in the lives of your people. We pray for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ben. Christmas time coming up. Many of you know he does have a couple children, so that Christmas shopping must be amazing with five children. This is a season where we are all about family, and it's always about family, but Thanksgiving and, of course, Christmas. Today, we're going to be talking about this one word, preparing. Like, how do we prepare for different things? Uh, this, this is why we do baby dedications here at our church. We prepare the family for raising up a child. And raising a child today, I know we've been saying this for years, but it's just different, raising up a child today. So we're going to pray over Boyd this morning. So I'm going to ask Lakea Jada to come up and bring babies. Lloyd is seven months today. So we're going to pray over him and their family. And even as extended family, you guys being here, uh, this, is, this is such a blessing and a joy to, to be a part of this. And what baby dedication isn't is water baptism. And we just saw about water baptism. Water baptism is where we make a decision to let everyone know that we follow Jesus. Baby dedication is as parents, you're saying, God, boy belongs to you. So when he goes through his di uh, different seasons and you're going to need wisdom, God has the best wisdom. Right, Boyd? You're going to, right? Like, we're going to need God to raise you up, buddy. <laughs> because, <laughs> and you have an unbelievable family, Boyd. I know your family, and they are wonderful people, right? I know you know too. I agree. I agree. I know what you know. But as parents, the joy of having a child and then raising him in the best way possible God chose you out of the billions of people he chose you to raise Boyd and then to be in your family as the also oh, what baby dedication is is letting God know that we understand he belongs to you and when we pray and as a church family and as family when we extend a hand what we're saying is God we agree with this we want to be a part of it and as Boyd grows up you might see him in the community he might, you might be a teacher. He might be at your school. But we all partner together. You know how they say it takes a village to raise a child? It actually takes a church to raise a child. Because we definitely need God <laughs> as we raise our children. So I'm going to ask you as the family of God and as the family that as I pray that we would extend a hand forward and you're just agreeing and having your blessing on Boyd. Lord God, we thank you for Boyd. We thank you for the blessing that he is to all of us, but especially for Jada and Lakea, that as parents, they get to raise him up as the best way possible in your ways. And so we pray for wisdom as a father and as a mother, that you give them wisdom beyond their years. And even when the difficulties come, because they will, that they would always turn to you. So we dedicate him to you, knowing that he belongs to you. And as aunties and uncles and as family members, as he grows up, may he be steered in the right direction and that we would encourage him as he grows up and that he would call upon you as Lord and Savior at the earliest possible age. In Jesus' name we pray and we all said together, amen, amen, amen. Good job, Boyd. Proud of you, Bob. Proud of you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, Boyd, we'll see you later, okay? Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. Can we just thank them for making this decision? Yeah. You know, when we prepare for families, it's, it's not an easy thing. 
And as our children grow up, right, we want them to have the best life. And we hurt as parents and grandparents when we see our children going through difficult seasons. We want the very best for them. We want to protect them. We want to be there with them. And that's God's heart over us. God, God loves us and loved us so much that that's why he gave us Jesus Christ. He gave us a way for us to be declared righteous in his sight because he wanted us to be with him for all of eternity. So now that we have the way to be with God for all of eternity, what do we do in the meantime? Because while we are here on earth, we're going to go through some difficult seasons and some good seasons. Some of you are in a good season right now. Some of us are in a, like, ah, it's okay. Some of us are in a very difficult season, and it's tough. Like, how do we get up every single day just to get ready to go somewhere? It's a very difficult thing. And we prepare every single day. We prepared to come here this morning. We prepared uh, our vehicle. We even prepared uh, how we look and how we dress. For some, your preparing takes a little longer than others. So sometimes people wait for you, and that's okay. I'm not saying which person in the family, but usually one person gets ready quicker. Some people go through a process in getting ready. They have some things to, you know, do. And every, everybody does things different. And, like, I think sometimes, sometimes it's a lot easier. I've heard this rumor that it's a lot easier for guys to get ready. This is a rumor. I don't know if this is true, but for some guys, putting on a hat is formal. It's like we look at ourselves in the mirror, it's like, ah, man, put on a hat. It's like, oh, no. No, I put on a gold chain. Oh, even better, put on a watch. Oh, I'm, I'm ready to go. It's easy. You put on shoes, you can go to a wedding. So we all prepare differently. Women, I know there's a process, and I'm not going to go through the whole thing with all the different you know, things and foundation and concealings and whatever else, setting and bobby pins and whatever else you got to put on. And, but that's, that's your thing. We all prepare for something. Preparing your children to get up on Sunday morning for church, that's a chore. It's almost like trying to wake up someone who just doesn't want to be here. And you wake them up four or five times. You got to bribe them. We make you cereal. We get to church. You're gonna have a cyborg. When we get to church, I get you smoothie. Like you got to bribe them, which is we're trying to partner with you. That's why we have cyborgs and smoothies. We're, we're trying to work together with the families, but it, it's a chore to get us ready just to go somewhere. That's just doing stuff. But preparing about life—that's that's not easy either. How do you prepare for life? How do you prepare for something that you know not of? Right? We don't know the future. We don't know what's going to happen. And sometimes we think, well, God, if you told me what was going to happen, then all I, all I need to do is do these things so that I can prepare for this. But at the same time, if that were the case, then how do we develop the character and depth to be able to sustain the seasons that we go through? If it were, if it were up to us and we say, okay, God, just give me what I need to know so that I can do the things I need to do when I get there, We'll just go through the motions and we'll never mature. We'll never be able to handle the seasons that we go through because we're just doing a checklist. It's like a teacher just giving you the answers for the test. We learn nothing. I mean, I don't mind if my teachers gave me the answers for the test in school. I didn't mind. But we learn nothing if that's what we want. And what God wants for us to become is the person he made us to be which means we're going to go through some difficult seasons 
some tests, some chipping away at who we're not supposed to be. And God is good at what he does. He's good at preparing us. He's so good at preparing us that he even gives us an idea of how we can prepare for what we don't know of. And it's found in the book of Corinthians. Corinthians was written by a man by the name of Paul who didn't believe in Jesus Christ. He had the laws of God and he followed the laws of God. He was called a Pharisee, which is someone who separated themselves from the belief of Christianity. And so he, 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 he writes this after he comes to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. So he writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. He says, That is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Like it takes a love for God in order for us to truly understand that God has prepared something for us that we have not heard of yet or, or even have seen yet. Like even the things we see kind of blow our mind in how they, like I was, I was on Oahu and we were by like Alamoana Center. So it's a busy place and it's a little, maybe a, a quarter mile from Alamoana Center. So there are, there's, there are cars going back and forth and there are intersections. I see this family on bikes and you see the, the dad and the mom and maybe three or four children on bikes, helmets and everything. They're, they're, they're safe. But they're on the side of the road and the children are just waiting for the light to turn so that they can cross the street. As we get closer, I see the back of the bike that the dad is riding with like a little, like a, I don't know, like a cart, almost like a little tent with some big wheels on it and a kid inside. I'm like, That's, that must be the coolest thing. Like you're safe in that and you can play with toys or whatever else. And then it looked like the mom had a basket on the front with a baby in it. I, I, that's what I thought i seen. There was a basket, but there was not a baby in it. There were just things in it. And I thought, that would be pretty interesting if there was a baby in it, because back in the day, we sat in that. And we just got tied down with, I don't know, suji or something. That we, and we just, I remember sitting in the basket. I could fit in the basket. We'd pack each other on handlebars and, and, and things like that. And we were so safe. Back then, that's why we don't teat today because we just didn't do things the correct way. We didn't have helmets. Helmets? Why, why would we use a helmet? We just try to avoid the pavement. So we we try to be safe in those ways. But these guys are trying to cross the street, and I'm thinking, how did they prepare for this? Like these are, I mean, these are children. They're going to cross the street on bikes, and this is a, a busy highway. And I thought, wait a minute. I think I would have a hard time jumping into that situation, preparing these kids right now. But they've been preparing all these children's lives. Like it, didn't, it didn't just happen that morning. Like, oh, what are we going to do? We've got to cross the street. What are we going to do? Hey, We've got to put some helmets on. They didn't prepare that day. Their entire life they were preparing. So it is when we hit our circumstances or difficult seasons. We weren't preparing now. Like God prepared us long ago. All the tests we've been through, all the, all the small difficulties that we've been through. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind can even imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. But we try. We try to prepare for the things that we know not of, and it is difficult because things just come at us, right? We, we, we couldn't prepare for 2020, 
We didn't know it was going to be like that. And now new information is coming out. We're like, what? What kind of information is that? I could have used that two years ago. But we didn't know. We were preparing for something we knew not of. And that's the world we live in. We don't know what's coming up next. And new information is constantly being given to us. New circumstances. But what is very interesting is humanity still remains the same. We still hurt. We still cry. We still have joy. We still sleep. We still eat. We still do the things that humans do. It's just things around us might be different. Technology and things like that. But as human beings, we, we don't advance. That's why the Bible is relevant. Because it, when God brought his word, it was, it was a way for us to connect with him and a way for us to understand who he is as human beings regardless of what the world goes through. That's why we can sing, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So now that he has prepared a place, how do we, here's the first thing, prepare for difficult times? How do we do that? Because we don't know what's coming up. We don't even know what's difficult. We don't know what's difficult in the future. Like for, for those of us who are married and someone at an early age, like we're gonna get married because we love one another. It's gonna be forever. And the married people are like, you know, that's going to be a lot of work. No, we love each other. It's not going to take work. It's easy because we love each other. We've known each other for seven months. It's gonna, see, all the married people are laughing. That's all the married people. Because we know it, it does take work. But at the same time, many of us were at that place. When we got married, same thing. We just, we, we didn't know what we didn't know. And that's life. We, hard for us to prepare for what we've never experienced before. And yes, we may have experienced some difficulties, but we're going to experience more difficulties. That's where we are in our fallen nature as human beings. It's going to be difficult. Preparing for unknown times is just the same as preparing for difficult times. We just don't know what to expect. It's almost like in life and preparing for what's next is equivalent to packing your bags for a trip that you're going to tomorrow that you don't know where you're going to end up. Hey, where are you going? I'm, 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 I'm going to travel. So what are you packing? Um, I, I, I'm going to put some shirts. Um, yeah, just regular things. Well, where, where are you going? I don't know. Well, how do you know what to pack? I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I know I bring in my toothbrush. That's for sure. Bring in some soap. Like, there are some necessities. But how do you pack for a destination you know not of? What if you end up in a place where it's 115 degrees and you brought surf shorts, slippers, and T-shirt? And I know you're like, nah, I can handle that. Or 30 degrees. And that's all you packed. You ever seen people from Hawaii? East Coast? During this time of year? <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you see all those guys here. What are they called? Snowbirds. Some of you are snowbirds. Welcome to Hawaii. We try to prepare for what we know not of in life. And it's difficult because we find ourselves there and we're like, I don't know what to do now. 
But you know, God still fulfills his promises even in our difficult times. He still is able to fulfill his promises. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 31 tells us that the horse is prepared for the day of battle. In other words, yeah, we're going to prepare for some difficult things. However, the victory belongs to the Lord. In other words, the victory is not ours. We, we don't claim the victory. We don't make it victorious. We actually prepare out of victory, knowing that the victory belongs to him. That, that's what we prepare out of. We prepare our, our, our minds, our, our bodies, our soul, knowing that the victory belongs to him. And that can almost seem foreign. Like, I don't know what that means. The victory belongs to him. It means this. We win. We're coming out of a winning championship franchise. That, that's who we are. That's who God declared us as. We're victorious in him. That's why in the book of Ephesians, when we talk about the full armor of God in Ephesians 6, right? The belt of truth. You shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, shield of faith, and sword of the spirit. In verse 15, for shoes, he says, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In other words, everybody wants peace, but how do we get peace? And where, where does that come from? And what is the good news? How does the good news give us peace? Well, here's the good news of Jesus Christ. It's not only that he died for our sins. It's not only that we have eternal salvation, which means we, we have access to uh, into heaven and we'll be perfect forever in a perfect place. It doesn't only mean that. It doesn't only mean that God has forgiven us. It doesn't only mean that Jesus died on the cross and then rose from the grave, putting sin to death because the wages of sin is death. So when Jesus died for our sins, he put sin to death. Now he rise, rises from the grave. Sin doesn't. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. Sin is appeased by death. So he rises from the grave. So anyone who believes in him also is free from the grave and sin. That's why we have eternal life with him. Our bodies will, will decay, but our spirits live on. So he put all of that to death. That's why when we say we're free from sin, it doesn't mean we're going to not sin. It just means sin no longer has a grip on us. Now we can make the decisions we need to. And when we stand before God, we're declared righteous. He doesn't see our sin. That's what's incredible about God. That's, that's, we prepare out of that. We prepare out of being victorious in God knowing that we can stand righteous before God, knowing that everything we have done in our past that were against God or, or, or was sinful or wasn't wise, God's not going to point fingers at us. That's the whole point of Jesus dying on the cross. It's so that we could be one with him and God for all of eternity. That is a gift that God gave to us. It's a free gift, but it did cost Jesus his life. And while Jesus was on this earth and talking to his disciples and people, he starts off in this way, in, 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 in a, a situation they found their, themselves in, in John chapter 14. And he addresses the people like this. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. That's how he starts off this situation. Do, do not let your hearts be troubled. And I thought, wow, that's pretty interesting that you would start off that way. Like, what is that going to lead to? It sounds almost disappointing and it sounds like it's not gonna be a good story like don't let your hearts be troubled and then he goes into his story but we we do the opposite when we we're kids when we want something from our, our parents want something from someone we see our mom or our dad we're like oh mom you look so good today what did you, you cut your hair no i mean like seven months ago oh, i still look good 
Look at you, so beautiful, you're glowing. Like you walk out of the room, it was like, Poof. it's like, wow, mom, you, you still get them, mom, you still get them. Woohoo! Well, mom, I was wondering, I can, I can borrow a car. You see how we set it up? We set it up that way. Hey, dad, you're losing weight, eh, dad? What? You're lifting. Oh, no, I checked mail the other day. I was kind of, had plenty of stuff. Why? What's up? No, no, I just, right, you look good. Look at your shoulders. Bro, look at you. Oh, chiseled out. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I chisel this every Friday. Why? What's, what's up? No, no, I'm just saying, you look, you look good. Like, you look like 30 years younger. Yeah. It's like, borrow a couple of dollars. It's like, just 50, just 50. It's for gas, quarter tank. Which is true. We could, we could fill up quarter tank with like 17 cents in 1830. We present ourselves that way. We, that's what we do. We, we start off that way because we're, we're going somewhere with it. And Jesus comes with, do not let your hearts be troubled. Why? Because we have troubled hearts. Like he just speaks the truth. He, he goes right to the core of what humanity deals with. It's troubled hearts. And he says, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. Then he goes into this. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. You know, my father's home, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas, one of his disciples, he said, Lord, we, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, and many of us have memorized this. This is one of Jesus' most famous phrases that he used. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we can prepare for difficult seasons because Jesus already went through the difficult things. So he comes alongside of us and he walks alongside of us in this journey of life. And he understands. He understands what we're going through. He understands where we are. He's been through some difficult times. Therefore, he, he can come alongside of us with the understanding of what we're going through. And we can continue to love God. It's all going to be different for all of us. It's not a cookie-cutter kind of relationship with God. It's your personal relationship with him. It's not going to be like anybody else's, and it shouldn't. It should be different. Because it's a personal relationship. And that's the joy of having this relationship with God and not a religion. Because it's your relationship with Him and He loves your relationship with Him. Mistakes and all. Even though we don't understand everything. He's like, it's okay. I know it all. Imagine one of us in our relationships who knows it all. Like between Heidi and I, what a, one of us who knows it all. What if it was her? Actually, it kind of it kind of is. So I, not all, but I. You know what I? Sorry, I'm going off track right here. But I gotta say this. You know what is the most like irritating, joyful thing is when Heidi tells me something over and over, and she's correct when I wasn't listening, and she was correct all that time. That was just free. <laughs> <laughs> 
So prepare for difficult times. And then second thing, prepare for easy times. Prepare for easy times. How do you prepare for easy times? There are no easy times. It was like, what? That's why I came to church. This was hopeful. There is an easy time? Nope, there isn't. You know why I put that there? Because we all long for it. We all long for one day, one day, one day. I even hear people today that 10 years ago they said, life is going to be so much easier when I retire. And, 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 and the first week of retirement, the family is like, you sure you don't like go back work? <laughs> you know, like, you sure you don't like go back work? I was like, no, 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 I love retirement. What we do too. We, we, we like that you enjoy retirement. But you know, you don't need to call me 10 times an hour. Just, I'm working, I work. Now, but I miss you, I miss you. Yeah, I'm, I, now I see what you do at home. It's so amazing. And, but that's the season that you're in right now. Like, you, you can prepare for retirement, but you could never prepare for what that would feel like. Or to prepare for how you're taking care of your parents. How, how do you even prepare for that? You hear family and friends doing that, but then when it's your turn, it's like, well, this is a whole new thing. It's not easy. It's difficult. We long for easy times. You know the most easiest time that we've ever had to go through or, or had as a world was when there were only two people on this earth. <laughs> Adam and Eve. That was the easiest time that this world would have ever seen. Adam and Eve. So the Bible really doesn't give us a way to prepare for easy times, even though we long for it. And it could possibly be because of the fall of man. Adam and Eve had it easy at that time, easy times. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 21 through 25, God is, he already set up where Adam could have like these, these uh, like animals to, to be around him so that he could have company. Like he could have, you know, like friends. After a while, God was like, you know, this is not, it's not good that you would be alone. So God made, well, it wasn't good that man would be alone. And, and of course the animals were there. Which is pretty interesting that, you know, we say that the dog is man's best friend. And if you do have a dog, it's, I mean, you, you fall in love with, with your, your dog, your puppy. Or, but man's best friend? I don't think we treat our best friends like how we treat our dogs. Try to give your best friend the same food every day. <laughs> and no wash their dish. <laughs> give them the same water out of the same dish or the water out of the same dish with limu inside. <laughs> so we do it with our dogs. Maybe not all of us. I'm just speaking of the people that I know. We, but we use that phrase, why? Because God created the animals so that Adam would not be alone, but then there was no animal that was suitable for him, so God did something amazing. God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. So, ladies, this is why men sleep. 
that mechanism is still there from since day one. God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs. We better be sleeping if you take one of our ribs from our body or our plate (laughs) and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. I know this is weird scientific, like sci-fi type of thing, right? It's not even, this is, it almost sounds weird. First of all, man was made from dust, the clay from the ground. Then God breathed into this clay and man became a living being. We're like, that can't be real. That's, how, how is that even possible? That's what the Bible says we're created, how we were created, but then he takes a rib out of the man and then creates the woman. I didn't, I mean, I didn't make this stuff up. This is, this is in the Bible. So now Adam has God, God brings the woman to Adam. And Adam says, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Interesting how in today's world, we cannot define what a woman is. Oh, God, heavy. You felt that. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. you got to delete that. Huh? You got to delete that. Huh? No, no, no. This is what the Bible is telling us. Because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. It's a beautiful thing when God does this. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now, we think of that word ashamed and naked, like, well, yeah, you go bay front naked, yeah, you're ashamed. But it's not, it's not like, I mean, sometimes you see people like that, but that's, that, they're for a different reason. There's, you know, there's things that, the thinking that we got to kind of get. But you don't just run around like that, right? That's a shame. Like, when our kids are young, they, they run around naked. They're little. You go puhi bay. They're all over the place. <laughs> but there comes a point where you're like, you got to now put on clothes, okay? It's, a, it's an age, or your children wearing bibberies all day. Then they're like 15. You're like, you know, when the company comes over, you got you to put on clothes. You, yeah, we got to shift that. But this word ashamed isn't because of the nakedness. This word ashamed means to be ashamed for one another. That's what that word means, to be ashamed for one another. But even more, it means to be disappointed. We use the word ashamed as a a translation, but it it really means to be disappointed. Imagine living a life with no disappointments in your past. That's Adam and Eve. They had no disappointments. They, They had none. Every single one of us are filled with disappointments. My dad left. My mom left. My dad did this. My mom did this. My uncle did this. This happened to me. That happened to me. I I failed at this. I made this mistake. I did that sin. I'm in this sin. I'm doing this. And life is filled with disappointments. And Adam and Eve had zero disappointments. Life was easy. But more than that, they had no disappointments with God. But then they sinned, and there was disappointment. They were ashamed after that. They were disappointed. 
But do you know who never changed? God. In fact, when Jesus was baptized, when God spoke, it's recorded that God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In other words, there's no disappointments. And listen to him. So because Jesus died for us and we believe in him, when we stand before God, there are no disappointments. Because you believe in Jesus, God's not disappointed at you. Zero disappointments. Like he wiped the slate clean and it's now pre-Adam and Eve days with us and God. Can you fathom that? No eye has seen, no ear has heard no mind can even imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. There's no disappointments between us and God. It's hard for us to even fathom that, but God says, no, it's, it's not based on you and your performance. It's based on what I know of, not what you know of, because your mind cannot even imagine the, the things that I have prepared for you. So now we can prepare differently because we're not filled with disappointments between us and God. And what Jesus did so well is he surrounded himself with so many great people and then even close proximity, he had a few people close to him so that they could prepare together. You know, when Jesus was going to the cross, he had his close friends with him. If the Son of God had close friends with him on, in the most difficult time of life, how much more should we? So here's what we come to, and here's the last thing. Prepare with others. Like, we gotta have people surrounding us. We, we cannot do life alone. When we try to do life alone, we will find disappointments. We will find difficulties on our own. But when we were with God and with others, and we prepare for the unknown, knowing that God himself has prepared us and we walk out of victory, then we're able to understand that, oh God, you, you, had, you have an unbelievable plan for me. But it has to be with others. You know, early on in our relationship for Heidi and I, when our children were very young and we'd have to plan to go somewhere like Hapuna Beach and we live on this side, I would wait in the car long. And I'm like, why is she taking so long? And then after, you know, 10, 15 minutes, you get so tempted to beep the horn. And you try to beep the horn in a nice way. Right? You try to just beep like, beep, beep, beep. Like, re really nice. At that point, there is no nice beeping. This, beep, is the same as, beep, beep. Same thing. It's, it's still the same thing. She'll come outside. She has the kids ready. She has the bags and all of that. I'm like, you're taking forever. She's like, oh, oh, Sorry. And if you guys know Heidi, she is the kindest person. She is gentle. She is loving. There are moments, however, where she would come out and she'd be like, oh, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that only I was getting the kids ready. I didn't know that, 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 you, that you know, they, they do need extra clothes, towel, a bag, and we need food, a cooler, drinks, and you know we need all of this, right? So that's what I was getting ready while you were waiting in the car. I was like, why you never tell me? You just told me. He's like, you never see me getting ready? I was like, I was getting ready too. I took out my shorts. I was like, which one? The brown one? The blue one? The black one? 
You know how hard that is? Velcro, tie string, what shirt I'm going to use, what towel. It's hard work, Heidi. So, this is actual. I did say those things. From that day forward, learning to prepare together wasn't like an overnight thing. It took time for me to be like, oh, she's carrying the cooler. Get out of the car, go help her. Oh, she's packing the Capri Sun. Go inside and go get help her with the Capri Sun. Oh, we no more ice. Oh, we got to go store by. I got to make that a part of my agenda. Like I have to, I have to think things through of doing this together. I'm sure you don't deal with that, but I had to. And at an early age, it was difficult. And it took time to get there. So when you're preparing life with others, it's not going to be overnight. You're trying to prepare life on dealing with finances, dealing with someone being sick, going to the doctors, having to take care of your parents, having to take care of a sick child. We don't know how to do this. But if we all do this with others, then we can prepare differently. Proverbs tells us, chapter 15, verse 22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. In other words, we're going to need one another. That's why we gather. We, we need each other. That's why we, we pull together as family, because we need each other. We don't know what's going to come up, but we can prepare coming out of victory with the Lord, loving Him because He knows what's going to happen. We can do it with each other. We can, if, we, if we're doing this together as husband and wife, as a family, as a married couple, then God can prepare us for what we know not of. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can even imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. Let's continue to love God because he knows what to do. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you know exactly what you're preparing us for. And many times you will surround us with people that will give wise counsel. And sometimes we will prepare with one another and, and help each other. Sometimes it's just, how do we prepare for difficult times and seasons? But we continue to love you. We continue to remember the good news of the gospel. That you did die for us and you did rise from the grave, but you are coming back and you prepare a place for us. And you will walk alongside of us. You are no longer disappointed in us because we already are made clean and the slate is clean and brand new because of Jesus. So as we head out of these doors, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what to prepare for specifically, but you do. So we stay close to you. If there are easy times or great seasons, let us enjoy those moments. But your promises can still be fulfilled even in difficult times. So we do this together. We prepare with others, including you. And so we thank you for giving us greater vision for who we are becoming as you prepare all of us for what we don't know of, but we trust in you. 
We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. And we all said together, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a beautiful day. We'll see you soon. We'll see you guys online.